you're never gonna overcome all the hurdles that are within the, the entrepreneurial landscape because nothing goes well the first time. Welcome to the Port Excel podcast. We're proud to invite you to our first episode where we interview Dennis De Witte, co-founder of Aquasmart Excel. Together we talk about his participation in Port Excel, about entrepreneurship, and about maintaining a positive mindset. My name is Sven Goivaerts and I will be your host. I'm the program manager for Port Excel Antwerp. So, Dennis, can you introduce yourself? I'm Dennis De Witte. I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Aquasmart Excel. And we are a company that provides inspection and surveying services based on aquatic drones. Basically, robotic boats that are unmanned and can go to places where other technologies cannot because it's too dangerous, uh, not practical or uh, too time-consuming to get people there. You took part in this Port Excel uh, selection of 2016, I believe it was? Yes, the first program, yes. The first program. We signed up in 2015 and uh, entered in 2016. You were part of a, a batch of selected startups? Yes. Did you have a sense of community here? Most definitely, yeah. Um, so there's actually uh, one company which we were very closely related to, Remarine. Uh, Richard from Remarine uh, came from South Africa and we pitched on the same events and we were in the same uh, startup program. And I still feel he's like an entrepreneurial brother. Uh, he has the, the Waste Shark, which is a beautiful uh, product, especially when you talk about uh, uh, the environment. It's a, it's a very... Uh, noble uh, product that tries to reduce actually plastic waste in the ocean which is something we should all try to put some effort in um, and actually I, I still have contact with with many of the uh, startups from the first batch but also from the second batch also from the third batch uh, I, I think it's in martial arts that the people you you train with they become family and I think that the people within the Port Excel uh, uh, startup program has become family in pretty much a similar way. Dennis is an avid martial arts practitioner. He told me martial arts saved his life, allowing him to become more self-confident. I asked him, do you need to be a warrior to be an entrepreneur? It certainly helps. Um, I think one of the most valuable assets you can have as an entrepreneur is mindset. And being able to win is helpful, but I think that in the end, uh, a positive mindset is what what makes you successful. Because uh, from my experience and from what I've read and from what I've heard from many of my colleagues is that there are always 99 non-believers and one guy actually believing. If you are the entrepreneur, be that one guy. Because if you don't believe in what you're doing, if you don't really see the potential and, and, and the positive outcome, you're never gonna overcome all the hurdles that are uh, uh, within the, the entrepreneurial landscape because nothing goes well the first time. There's always something that you have to overcome. And uh, for me, uh, I've. I've learned from experience that even a good idea with a working prototype doesn't uh, give you uh, revenue 
from the first month. Within uh, uh, my entrepreneurial career, there have been months where nothing came in. And if you uh, given up your job and your income, those months are hard. Uh, and you have to really believe and dig in to, to, to get through that. Because I was, uh, at one point, I was about to lose my house because I couldn't pay the rent anymore. I was about to lose my girlfriend because she had a residence permit and I had to provide for her. Uh, my family didn't believe in what I was doing anymore. My friends didn't believe in what I was doing anymore. And, and the support was falling away from me. So in those moments, you really have to dig in deep and believe in what you're doing, else you, you won't get there. And within the, 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 the positive mindset and, and belie truly believing in what I did, I pushed through. And I'm happy that I did because uh, uh, so much good came after that. But yeah, you, you have to be more than able to be uncomfortable and uh, get through hard times. And when something goes wrong, you have to like really search for what value you can bring <coughs> out of that. When you enter into martial arts, you kind of step into a tradition that's very like old you could say, and, and it has a rich history. Uh, and I guess you feel, you tap into this kind of wisdom that's in, you know, the, the, the actual doing uh, of, of, of the gestures and all. As an entrepreneur, do you also feel that you step into this tradition? The tradition is actually not always helping you to achieve the biggest goals. Mm. Um, when you look at uh, the Dutch way of doing Muay Thai or uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you see that there's a very open mind in uh, effectiveness. If it works, it works. In Kung Fu, it's more what your master tells you to do, you do. So the innovation is not in just repeating tradition. Mm -hmm. The innovation is in looking at what's done and then trying to apply that and maybe adjust it in whatever way to make it more effective. So I, I see the same thing in startup and in corporates. When you look at corporates, they usually have tradition, which is um, uh, seen in the hierarchy, in the chain of commands, in the, um, the way they have their internal bureaucracy. And those are things that kind of hamper um, innovation and hamper uh, adaption of technology. So this is where startups are actually excelling because they are usually small teams with a very short chain of commands. Usually one person is in charge or a very small group of people decide which way to go. Mm -hmm. And this makes them very flexible and very able to adapt and adopt new technology. And this is where you see uh, the interest between startups and between corporates, because corporates are in the maritime sector, you often have the, uh, the example of the big boat that cannot be maneuverable and the small speedboat that is very maneuverable. So definitely startups are the, the speedboat and corporates are the big oil tanker that has to really think about its course and maintaining course and cannot adjust uh, uh, and maneuver very quickly. There's a thing though, what startups lack usually is capital. 
And if there's one thing that the corporates have, it's they, they have money. And if you bring them together, the, 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 the funds and the, 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 the exposure and, and the, 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 the means that the corporates have, and the flexibility and the, the, the technological know-how and adaptability of the startups, that's where the, the mutual interest is. And that's where the magic can happen. If we risk going to the level of magic, yes, because Caroline, our director, we've put out this after movie now very recently of our shakedown in Rotterdam, and she she likes to talk about Port Excel in terms of magic, because there's a magic that happens when you put people together, and yeah. Not only putting people together, but also coming in with a certain intention. It's it's really important for us, I think, if we want to um, instigate change, that we talk about it with the right intention, and that will kind of make it true. Um, it, it certainly helps, and I think that uh, we started this uh, conversation with... A mindset, how important mindset is for, for entrepreneurs, I think this is part of it. Because yep. your intentions is part of your mindset. And your if, if you see positivity, you're probably going to find positivity. And the other way uh, around, it works the same. If you're, if you're looking for negativity or you, you, you find negative aspects in everything you see, you're going to find You're going to find it. Yeah. And to return to the warrior then... Because you could, you could say, oh, there's these 99 people that don't believe in me. They're the opponent. But the more, I think the right way of saying is that the opponent is in your mind. The, most, the biggest one, the biggest one, absolutely. I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. And just like knowing yourself understanding your own inefficiency, understanding your own insecurities, because oftentimes insecurities feed self-limiting thoughts. When you understand that, you can actually work with it and maybe take those self-limiting ideas away or recognize when your 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 mind is telling you, uh, you cannot do it, you're not good enough, etc., etc. And understanding like, oh, okay, but I hear it, but it's not true. I don't believe it. And that's, uh, we're almost getting into uh, a philosophical, spiritual uh, conversation, but I really think that understanding yourself is part of your success yeah. uh, or all your limitations. And the biggest opponent definitely is your own mind. That little voice that tells you things. It could be your biggest ally or your biggest opponent. Okay, let's try to bring it down from the heavens again to, <laughs> to, to business. Um, I'm not sure if, if this is your shared responsibility at Aquasmart Excel, but let's say, and I, I can tell that you, are, you have a, a sense of self-awareness about um, your thoughts and actions, but how do you put together a team then? Like, how do you decide 
which people complement your own uh, drives and yeah how do you choose the people that will make your dream happen well uh, if we're talking uh, about aqua smart excel that's not really the thing that i did so marlon uh, drinkwaard he's the founder of aqua smart excel i'm uh, a co-founder uh, we both worked at the port of rotterdam and left at around the same time and he actually saw things in people and brought those people together so if if there's a uh somebody to be uh, mentioned in bringing those people together it has to be marlon drinkwaard uh, the founder of aqua smart excel port excel is the first world port and maritime accelerator for innovative startups and scale-ups that have the potential to disrupt the port and maritime industry In the final part of this episode, we look at what's in store for AquaSmart Excel for the rest of 2019. But first, Dennis talks about some of the lessons he's learned through his relations with corporate companies. When we talk about our first paying customer, it was Vopak. And um, they did two things for us that have been tremendously valuable uh, um, in the long run. First of all, they brought us together with Ronic Inspectioneering. They said, they have technology and you're going to do something with aquatic drones. And we want your inspection to use that technology for, for visualization. And this was our first paying customer. And they said, okay, but you have to work together with them. At first, that felt kind of offensive, but in the end, the fit was so good. And it's currently, after uh, almost four years of operation, it's still our main partner in undertaking uh, most of the things that we do. Mm -hmm. So they saw the added value, the, 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 the combined value of uh, our technologies, the mutual benefit, uh, so to say. And that was absolutely uh, a bullseye for us. And one of the things I talked about, uh, the discrepancy between uh, means and funding a corporate has versus what a startup has. Uh, when we did our first project, Vobark flew in a professional camera crew. They made uh, a, a, a video, promotional video about the inspection. And this, the cost of just making that and flying in a, a professional film crew, we couldn't, we couldn't dream as a startup of actually uh, paying for that. But Vopak did it. No big deal for them. <laughs> and that video has uh, been instrumental to our early uh, outreach and our early exposure. And that really helped us uh, uh, further in, in the other projects because we could show what we did and we could show that we did it for Vopak. So, um, one of the things that I also notice when working with corporates, and this is not uh, one corporate uh, in particular, but many corporates, uh, uh, it's, it's almost a general thing. So when you talk to corporates that have an innovation department, then it's often quite easy to get something going, like a pilot project, a paid pilot project, something to test. Uh, but if you talk with a global player, that has locations or terminals all over the world, and you want to go from that first initial pilot project within innovation to a global outroll, that's, that's, that's such a challenging 
thing to do because if they have budgets for it to play around with, which usually innovation budgets are, uh, then you actually have to get into the operation side because you can do it from a play budget, but in the end, the, 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 the asset owners or the problem owners, they, they will have to pay for it. And that's actually a next step to, to get to. And then when you talk about the global player, you actually have to break the status quo because they already have a way in which they deal with the problem. And we offer a new, better, more advanced, more, more valuable way. But you actually have to compete with the old way of doing. And for us, we have to compete with a PDF report with a few photos. And we offer uh, an advanced uh, software tool uh, with 3D modeling, with uh, high uh, quality uh, data capturing, with, with uh, inspection photos of the whole asset, not just of the damage. So we offer a totally new thing that's so much more advanced than just a PDF report. But actually, you have to break that status quo. This involves the uh, process workflow that they have. This involves the, the, the current relations with contractors that they have. This uh, involves uh, their IT infrastructure because uh, more insight usually uh, comes from more data and this is an issue. So going from innovation to actually a global outcome, this is this is hard and you have to break so many things and uh, that's not necessarily easy. So my my lesson is that uh, one paid pilot is not really a, a validation of your business model yet. You really want to get to the longer term contracts. And also one of the things I've learned is that uh, when you're looking at your end game, your end game might be a certain type of clients. As a startup, it might not be the smartest thing to have your end game as your first customer. Okay. S smaller companies with similar problems usually have a, a shorter uh, adaption period or have shorter lines in which they communicate or have shorter lines in which they take decisions. So sometimes it's much easier to work with smaller companies yeah. rather than the big global corporates with uh, companies or, or locations uh, in the world in, in 80 or 100 different uh, countries. So sometimes more local or more regional uh, clients might be easier to deal with, especially in the pilot and startup phase. What's in store for, for the rest of the year? You mentioned you were going to Singapore for an assignment. Uh, yes, we're actually uh, doing two test inspections, uh, one at Vopak and one at Shell in Singapore. And these are very exciting times because, um, you know, for us uh, as a, a robotic inspection and surveying company, um, we need a few things in a, uh, in, in a a place to for us to have potential and have value. So we are actually looking for port areas with a high traffic density, with a petrochemical industry, uh, with a high care for maintenance and for asset management and with a high value for life. Um, plus it needs to be uh, uh, an area where there's, uh, uh, which is 
fairly digitized because if you're not a digitized port or not a digitized terminal uh, you're not gonna uh, find a lot of added value in high quality 3d model point clouds or 3d inspections uh, that's that's something we're looking for and singapore is next to rotterdam probably one of the most technologically advanced uh, ports in the world and for us, it's a big opportunity and absolutely the place we want and need to be. Okay, yeah. We have it. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor and a privilege to, to, to be here. Same, likewise. Uh, also, I, I do, since we are sitting at PortXL, I have to give some credits to PortXL. Uh, in the first program, we went from a good idea to our first prototype to our first paying customer in three months time and that's absolutely acceleration to the max and i'm really thankful that portexel was able to help us with that thanks dennis for this pleasant interview to find more information about aquasmart excel go to aquasmartxl.com look for portexel on social media like linkedin twitter and instagram or go straight to the website www.portexcel.org Thanks so much for tuning in to the PortXL podcast. Next episode will be coming up next month. We hope to see each other again next time.